Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. This is the Boys Down Bad podcast, and we are super excited to welcome on Nebraska baseball's Charlie Fisher to the pod. Charlie, welcome on, brother. Excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on, man. So first off, we just wanted to say congrats on a great season. Um, You played really well, hit like 295 with seven bombs and 36 RBIs, and you also hit the home run that broke the um, team single season home run record at Nebraska. What was it like playing on a team that where everyone just raked? Dude, it's nuts. I mean, it's one of those things where it obviously makes it a lot of fun. I mean, first and foremost, it was a great group of guys. Um, but at the same time, it's like you show up to the yard every day and you're kind of like, all right, like, who's who's going to hit two homers a day? Or who's going to hit a 450-foot homer? Like, is it going to be Swanee? Is it going to be is it going to be Bryce? Or is, is Max going to hit two backside homers, like, and run around smiling, wearing his goggles? Like, you never know. It was a lot of fun. This team, it was super talented. So it was a great, uh, great group to be a part of, for sure. Is that kind of the vibe and the energy? Like, were you guys just going up there trying to hit bombs? Honestly, I mean, I want to say yes, because we hit a bunch of them. But, like, it was just a bunch of guys that were, I guess, committed to, like, an approach at the plate. Like, and I guess sold out to it and it worked. I mean, you got a lot of guys that are just stupid strong. Um, and, obviously, at Haymarket with the wind and stuff, that definitely plays. And I think over the first, like, the first couple of weeks, you started to realize, like, okay, like, in the fall, we saw guys flash some juice, like, hit some homers in practice and stuff. And you're like, all right, like, there's potential. And then – uh, you saw a few guys like really turn it on like Breeze. I mean, this was my first year here, but like Bryce Matthews, for example, like I knew like he's stupid toolsy. He's got every tool in the book you could think of. He's fast, got a good arm, hit for power, hit for contact. And but he ran into some balls early in the year. And I was like, all right, like dude's got some juice. We can see it. Then it started to become like really consistent. You're like, okay, like this dude's obviously a dog. And then you got guys like Max who I don't know how, like one of the, the best hitter I've ever been around, like just great dude as well, but just you look at him and he doesn't really pass the eye test, which I love about him, but you got him guys like him. And then Swanee had a big year. I think he had like 16 or 17 pumps himself. So just a, a group of guys that you show up. And like I said, like even guys like Will Walsh, Will Walsh dominated on the mound um, for us this year, but in batting practice, like hits balls that you're just like, how the hell did he do that type of thing? So that also made it a lot of fun to be like practice and stuff like that. I mean, it definitely makes it a lot more entertaining when you're watching guys hit balls over the light poles every day. 100%. We had uh, Bryce on earlier. He came to our house and chopped it up with us. He said that he was most proud of his walks on the year. Yeah. Can you believe that? Oh, no. That, uh, he's just being humble. Like, you know that. <laughs> Bryce in the back of his head, you know that he's like, damn, I just hit a ball 480. Like, uh, but no, he, that's the type of dude he is. I mean, he's, he's a team player. And obviously, his numbers are video game numbers. Um, but that's the best thing about the team this year is like, you got like him and Max, like, both all Americans, unanimous all Americans, but like they don't care. Like they're not going up to the plate. Like man, I got to get mine. It's like all right. Like what can I do to produce for the team, and how can we win? Which just makes it so much more fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of Bryce and Max, how fun is it to watch those guys do that in a season? Like you know, last year maybe they didn't have that power that 
you know, that dog in them. And then this year they make that huge growth. How fun is that to watch those two do their thing? Yeah, for sure. I think the first, like, not that you take it for granted, but like, they're just so good at what they do that it's like, you don't really realize, like, I mean, you look up halfway through the year and well, Max, first of all, was the first dude in D1 baseball to get to a hundred hits. Like, you don't even think about that. Like, that's a crazy feat in itself. And same with Bryce, like, you don't really realize what they're doing until like, you'll see a tweet like, oh, Bryce is the first 2020 play, like 20 steals, 20 homers. And it's like, oh my God, like, I mean, cause it just every day it's so consistent, which makes it even more impressive. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun and definitely makes for enter- an entertaining night. Um, I mean, you don't really know what they're going to do. It's going to be something impressive, but you don't really know how they're going to do it and when they're going to do it. 100%. They're just, they're just dogs, but we want to talk a little bit about you now. Um, let's go back to the beginning uh, and the start of your career. Did you always want to play baseball as a kid? Was that your goal? Honestly, so I grew up in Edina, Minnesota, uh, which is technically the hockey capital of the world. Um, so all my buddies, when I was younger, they were skating, they were playing pond hockey and stuff, and I sucked. Like, every time I put skates on, I had to have, like, their parents tie them. Like, it was brutal. Like, I was whatever, like, a bender or whatever you call it. Like, it was bad. Uh, so I ended up playing basketball, and then I think, like, my sophomore year of high school, um, or the varsity coach, he had been, he was the dad of one of my good buddies growing up. And he was like, you have some potential with baseball if you really want to pursue it. And that's when I started kind of playing the travel ball, the going down South and uh, kind of pursuing it a little bit more. And that's when I realized like, I mean, if I can play at the collegiate level, it's definitely something I want to do for sure. 100%. So you got recruited to Southern Miss, played four years there. How did, what was the story like for you to get there? Yeah. So they actually, Matt Walner, uh, who's with the Minnesota Twins now, he's from Forest Lake, Minnesota. He uh, he went down there and he kind of, I guess, created the pipeline, if you will. Like the coach, I mean, it's an hour from the coast in Mississippi. Like it's that, it's very southern. Uh, like I hadn't even heard of it when he when they started recruiting me. I was like Southern Missouri. Like, and then I was told it was Southern Mississippi, which wasn't a good look for myself. But uh, I mean, growing up in Minnesota, you don't really baseball's not big. Like, no disrespect to the, like the Gophers, for example. Like you go to a game and it's two hundred people. Like that was huge to me. And then you go down South on these visits. And like, when I visited Southern Miss, it was like, there's 6,000 people at the game, like all in right field or pounding beers, grilling during the game. It's like, this is, there's no way this is what baseball is like at this level. So uh, started being recruited by them and kind of fell in love with them right away, the coaching staff and the environment, environment and everything. And just the idea of playing baseball in the South to me coming from Minnesota was huge. So I had some good conversations with those coaches and got out on a visit. And I think ended up committing like a week after. Nice. What was your experience like there is uh, you talked about kind of the, seems like a tailgate environment down there. People are getting crazy for games. Is that, that kind of like what it was like? Yeah, no, it was electric. I I definitely, uh, I had my four years there and there was no bad blood when leaving. It was just kind of the opportunity of, graduate transferring and like being able to see somewhere else um in college baseball but I mean it was it was an unreal four years we uh we hosted a super regional last year we were in regionals every year I was there and just like the fans there because it's a it's a mid-major but it's a baseball school so like baseball they're they're selling out to it like last night they played in the super regional against Tennessee and they had like 5,900 people which for there is a bunch I mean it was slam packed you got people that are sitting outside at 8 a.m. for a game at 5 p.m. just to get in pounding beers and stuff and it's just a great environment and everybody there cares about the school and they care about the team and they want you to succeed so that was a lot of fun to kind of go down there and and be accepted into all that I guess if you will. For sure you talked about it a little bit um so you guys hosted a super regional you want or you hosted the regional right? Yay let's see we hosted last year we hosted a regional and a super regional um I think that was it. We went to Ole Miss my sophomore year, 
my freshman year I didn't travel, but they went to LSU, I think is the right that math adds up. But what's it like playing in a regional and super regional, like that type of environment? It's crazy. I mean, that's definitely when you get uh you get to experience the bigger fan bases and the crowds. Our fan base was electric and they were very supportive. Um so playing at home was unreal. Uh, that's definitely one of my favorite moments was winning the regional at home and then kind of seeing all the just the the Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I guess, is where the school is. Just the city kind of come together and go crazy. But, uh, I mean, we went to Ole Miss my sophomore year, I want to say. And that was – Ole Miss is obviously the little preppier school compared to the the blue-collar mid-major Southern Miss. So, we went there, and I still vividly remember, like, I was 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 against Ole Miss in the regional, like, struck out two or three times and walking back to the dugout. And, like, some guy was like, Fisher, Fisher. And I was like, why does that sound like a buddy? And I looked up and there were two dudes in button downs, like you effing suck buddy. And I was like, damn, that hurts. Like it was just like the most basic chirp, but they're on you the whole game. It's like, wow, like they're really in my head right now. And we're on national television and I'm like, I'm swinging at pitches in the other batter's box. But at the end of the day, like looking back on it now, it's funny. I mean, it's not, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't funny at the time, but like, it's a great experience. Like something you'll never forget for sure. 100%. Is there a bad blood between all the Mississippi schools? There is. I mean, I like there's like the little brother and like all those chirps between Ole Miss, Mississippi State and Southern. But I think there's also a mutual respect. I mean, I think in my opinion, it's the best baseball state in the country um, between those three schools with fan bases and programs and everything. So I think there is. But I mean, there's no it's mostly the fans. I mean, everybody has respect for each other on the field. So I mean, the games are awesome. The games are also always electric, but kind of leave that up to the fans, which I guess we will be or I will be here in a couple of years to to talk to trash on Twitter and stuff like that. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, all right. So take us through the story of how you got to be a Husker this last year. Yeah. So, uh, we ended up losing last year in the super. Um, so just had the conversation with my coaches of like, I loved it here. There's, like I said, there's no bad blood there. Um, I'll be close with them forever. And then it was kind of just like, I want to experience something new. The transfer portal was I think like three or four years old. I don't know exactly, but I wanted to kind of test that out and, the, the option of going back was still kind of there. Um, a lot of my best buddies were also leaving or had, had graduated. So I was like, I might as well uh, just kind of test the water somewhere else and ended up entering the portal and Nebraska reached out and my sister had gone here. I don't know however many, like six years ago. So I, I was familiar with Lincoln. I loved it. I loved the, uh, the support from the fans and the program and everything. So when they reached out, it was definitely like an exciting opportunity that I wanted to take full advantage of. So Hopped on campus about two weeks later and fell in love with it and I think committed like a day or two after. Good story. What uh, what was it like playing for Coach Bolt and when you first met Coach Bolt, what kind of impressed you about him and made you want to play for him? Yeah, I just love the way he goes about his business. I mean, he's very uh, – one of the favorite things or one of my favorite traits about him is he's very personable. Um, like he's willing to get to know his players. I think sometimes there's – there's players at different programs that their coach is like, he's untouchable, if that makes sense. Like you can't approach him, um, whether it's like just talking about life, baseball, whatever it is. It's like, all right, like I'm kind of nervous going in. And he's one of those guys you can easily approach and have those conversations with, whether it is baseball or life or whatever. And he's, he's very open. I mean, you get to know his family. You get to know, I'm sure you all saw Austin all over Twitter, his, his little son. Like we, Bryce and I and a few others went to his birthday party in the fall. It was, so it was definitely like just, he means business like when it's time to go it's time to go but at the same time it's uh he's a great dude off the field as well which makes it a lot easier for sure um obviously this year didn't end exactly how we wanted it to but can you talk a little about the experience that you've had at Nebraska this year yeah no I loved it I think it was a little uh disappointing I think this year's team especially we were stupid talented um 
just a matter of kind of not putting the pieces together at the right time or not having the games. But I mean, that's, that's baseball and that's life. So um, it's a bummer, but the experience has been great. I mean, the guys, it's one of the best teams I've ever played on. Um, all the boys got together um, in a good way. Uh, there wasn't any, there wasn't any drama or any clicks or anything that sometimes you can find on teams of 30 or 40 guys. So it was definitely a great experience uh, both on and off the field and uh, definitely made lifelong friends here for sure. For sure. So you mentioned it, Southern Miss, obviously a baseball school. Was there a big change going from kind of a mid-major to a, you know, power five school? Uh, I guess what was the, kind of the biggest change with that? Yeah, I will say like the joke at a mid-major like Southern Miss is like we're, we were very privileged when it came to like baseball and like facilities and stuff, but like you don't get the stipend or the meals and stuff like that. So like you always hear the joke like, oh, like that's so power five. And then I know it sounds cheesy as hell, but then like, you come here and it's like, athletes have the the athlete only dining hall like stuff like that and I'm like there's no way like y'all are giving us three meals a day like there's no shot like I like I used to go to McDonald's after the game if I was hungry like stuff like that and uh just little little uh facilities obviously here are insane I mean the funding and the fan support is incredible but it's just like the small stuff that you don't really think about like Adidas sponsorships like like we were Adidas at Southern Miss and like we had good stuff we were spoiled then you get here and it's like custom adidas nebraska ultra boost like stuff like that that you're like how like these guys like and to some of the guys and like not in disrespect like to some of the guys it's all they've ever known so they're like oh like this is sweet but like we've gotten it the last three years whatever and for me it's like holy shit like we just got a pair of like adidas like nebraska ultra boost like this is the sickest thing I've, i'm like sending pictures to my buddies and stuff like that like that you don't really think about i guess is more of the advantage but uh definitely spoiled as a nebraska athlete in a good way yeah, that's awesome. I've always wondered that what type of uh, like, did they just have like a room full of stuff you could go and just pick out or they custom make it for you? How does it work with like merch and stuff? Yeah, so with baseball, at least it was pretty generic, like you give them your sizes, um, shoe size, cleat size and everything. And then obviously, like when we would get gear, they would put it in your locker, which was cool. But I think my favorite part was like if you wanted batting gloves, like there was like a little equipment room and it had stuff from like the 2005 team, like stuff like old adidas gear and stuff that they just like extra and you walk in there and you're like it's one of those places where you're like give me five minutes to grab as much as i can and like don't say a word and it'll be just fine but uh mostly it was like they just set it in your locker and stuff like that but uh there was a little equipment room that i might break into before i leave here for sure and just, oh, although i just explained myself on here so they definitely are gonna know who it is if i do it yeah i played uh nai ball and i just remember being pumped up when we got like they bought us McDonald's after the game. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I was at Southern. It was like, they'd come on the bus after a huge, like we would sweep a series and they'd be like, all right, y'all get 10 bucks cash. Like we're stopping at a gas station and the boys were rowdy. Like, we're like, let's go. Like, what get like, let's get some donuts and a freaking pop or something. Or I can buy a can of shit, like that type of thing. And now it's just, all right, like y'all get 35 bucks for, for lunch. And it's like, oh my God, like, where are we going? Boys? Like <laughs> we're stopping at a steakhouse on the way home. And I mean, it's not actually that much, but you know how to like, just the, the difference is insane. That's awesome. <laughs> um, Where'd you play ball at? I played at Hastings College. Okay. So, okay. So yeah, just some, uh, NAI ball was, uh, it was an interesting time, but I'm thankful for it. It was a good experience. Yeah, 100%. So you were 22 at Southern. What was the, I guess, like thought process with going to 99 at Nebraska? Yeah, it's actually a funny story. So Coach Arvell, our hitting coach, is 22. So I didn't know that. So he texted me. He's like, hey, do you have any numbers that you'd be interested in? And I was like, 
Yeah, I'll take 22. Like, if it's available, I didn't think anybody had it the year before. And he sent me a picture of him coaching third base wearing 22 with a middle finger emoji. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not getting that. So uh, I think I was supposed to wear 20. That was the plan coming into the year, which was totally fine with me. I'm not, like, I don't look too deep into numbers um, when it comes to meeting or anything. And then we had a scrimmage at Kansas in the fall, and our jerseys for the new guys weren't in yet. So one of the uh, just, like, extra gear bag jerseys was 99. They had thrown one together. And – I like jokingly with our uh, ops guy, I was like, if I hit a homer today, like I'm rocking 99 all year, like it's got to be good luck. And the first at bat against Kansas, I hit a homer to right center. And I, I looked at him, I was like, I'm wearing F at 99. Like, this is the plan. And he was like, I, I mean, if, if it's fine with Bolt and Bolt was like, I mean, it's just a number, I guess it'll play. And was able to, at first it wasn't going to work out. We didn't know if we'd be able to make it work with the equipment and everything. Cause they had ordered all the jerseys, but it worked out. And I mean, I loved it. I like, chubby dude playing first base wearing 99 with some tattoos like it's hard to beat so uh I had and I thought it was a cool little unique you don't see a lot of guys wearing it but uh it was a cool yeah. cool number to rock for the last collegiate year you were definitely a memorable player because 99 and your your tattoo sleeve is sick I appreciate it I appreciate it it's just funny because like you got guys built like Bryce and then there's guys built like me and Max and I'm rocking 99 it just doesn't really it doesn't really add up but I'll take it absolutely um all right I think so much about baseball, especially hitting, is mental. Um, how important was the mental side of hitting for you? And um, what's something that maybe you did or you do to get out of slumps? Yeah. Uh, well, I think the biggest thing, so my sophomore year, I had a lot of su success all year. Like, there was never really a bump in the road. And then the end of the year, pretty much from our conference tournament through the regional, I struggled, like, tremendously bad. I went from hitting, like, 360 to 305, which still ended up being, like, a reasonable year, obviously. but. Um, I think there was like a O for 20 span in there. And for, at the time it was like, I was so domed up because it was like, all right, what do I need to change physically? Like, what are the, what am I doing wrong? I think I changed, I was swinging a 34 inch bat. I went to a 33 and then obviously you, you don't do anything about it in the time. You don't really think about it. Now looking back on it, when you go through slumps, it's like, it's really just like, all right, how can I compete pitch to pitch? Or like, is there a subtle adjustment mentally that I need to make? Like maybe locking it in a little more, or like, like, how can I do, I need to take a deep breath and slow it down. And, that was a big thing this year. I went through a little slump earlier in the year and it was like, okay, it's not physical. I've been doing this for five years. Like I don't need to go and change the way I swing or what I do with my leg kick. It's really just at the end of the day, like how can I slow the game down? And I mean, baseball is hard enough as it is switching everything game to game at bat to bat doesn't make it any easier. So just trying to find the little things. I'm not a big, I don't know how to explain it. Like mental guys and like, I don't do like, I don't read them on a bunch of mental books. I don't do like a bunch of mental training. It's more so just like, how can I, show up every day and have fun at the yard and not really think about success or struggles like that. And I think the group this year made it a lot easier with, with guys on the team that just you showing up and if you can enjoy it, good or bad, that makes things a lot easier. Yeah. If you can, if you can come to the park with a bunch of guys, they're just, you know, they're working hard, but they're having fun. It makes it a lot easier. I agree. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So what's, what's the hardest you played first, right? Yeah. What's the hardest part about playing first base in college? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I was, I can admit it now that the season where I was brutal at picking balls. Um, like co coach Marcuse, our infield coach would always mess with me. Like, Hey, like I would miss a pick, like pretty like basic short hop. And he'd be like, Hey, like how about a little bit of effort or like, how about we try a little bit? I'd be like, coach, like I'm trying my ass off. I swear to God, like I'm trying to pick the ball. I'm not trying to let it hit me. And like, there was one time we were warming up and this isn't to expose breeze or anything, but Bryce threw a, <laughs> Bryce threw a ball the first inning, like, 
during pitchers warming up, whatever, I'm just tossing balls around the field and Bryce threw a ball that short hopped and like the easiest pick in the world. And I missed it and it hit me square in the face. And like, like my eye was cut, like my glasses hit me in the face. The fans are all behind me. Like what the hell just happened? Like this kid sucks. Like they're obviously like in hollering. It's the first inning too. And I was like, Oh my God, like I might have to go tell the trainer, like I can't see because I missed the easiest pick in the world. But um, I don't know. I think, I mean, the job is pretty easy of just catching balls. If the ground balls, like at the end of the day, just knocking it down and stepping on one. And I mean, the infield this year made, made my job a lot easier by I mean, accurate throws and stuff of that nature. But this is my first year playing defense in my fifth year of college. So that was obviously a little bit of a mental switch up going from DHing every game to, to playing a position. But I loved it. It was definitely fun to be out there. You you only DHed your first four years? Yeah, at Southern, I uh, I guess I, I had like three starts in the outfield last year. Um, but besides that, it was DHing every day. And it was like – so I – I guess, long story short, I broke my back, I think sophomore year fall. So then it was like, I didn't do any defense. I wasn't good enough to play defense anyways, which is totally fine to admit now. But uh, I literally, I got to the point where it was like, I, I practice, if they did any defense, I was sitting on a bucket, hanging out with the coaches at Southern. And when it's time to hit, like I would hit BP. Like my, I was living the best life you can imagine. Um, like time to hit, I was hitting anything else. I'm hanging out by the dugout type of thing. So when I got here, it was obviously a little different, but I loved it. I loved kind of learning a new position and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah, for sure. That's that's pretty cool. So one of my – the funniest moment, I think, was the triple against Northwestern. Kind of walk me through that celebration. Did you have that, like, saved, or was that just something that came in the moment? <laughs> so – we, I think the week before, uh, we were in the hotel and our, our strength coach texted us like, hey, we got a game at six or something. Like, we're going to try and get everybody up. And we're going to do a little stretching and stuff. And uh, he put us through like ankle mobility, like hip mobility, knee mobility. And that was one of the, well, granted, it didn't look like that, but that was one of the moves, like just kind of do it, like moving around, moving the knees, opening everything up. And some guy, like guys were making fun of it, saying it was like the double stanky leg. Like we got to use it as a double celebration or whatever. And I got to third and I guess I just, I put a little bit too much butt into it. And like, right as I did it, I looked into the dugout and Luke Sartori was looking at me with like his hands and his, he was like, dude, like that was the fruitiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, bro, I don't like, you're going to get exposed. And I was like, no, like it was bad, but there's no way. And I remember the game finished, we had one and my girlfriend came down to me and she's like, oh my God, like you're on like Steven Schock, the Twitter dude, like just tweeted your video of you shaking your butt. And I saw it and I was like, oh my, I'm getting texts from people like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, I can't explain it. Like, I don't like, I'm, I shook my ass on live TV. I don't know how, there wasn't like a reasoning for it, but obviously it's funny looking back on it now. And uh, I mean, the boys were doing it and we were hitting well at the time. So I guess it worked. Those hips were moving though. They, unfortunately they were, they were <laughs> moving a little bit too much. It was supposed to, it's literally supposed to be like only your knees. And I think it was about 98% hips, half a percent knee and a little bit of leg in there. But it's definitely <laughs> funny looking back on it. Absolutely. That's a good story. Yeah. So you've kind of talked about it a lot at Southern. Is that probably the craziest place you've ever played or I guess where else might be a you know crazy spot that you've played? Yeah, that's a good question. So my freshman year, I think it was the second series of my career. We played at Mississippi state and that was another like Southern is like obviously a great environment, but then you play in a park like that where it fits. I mean, they're getting 16,000 fans at games. And I think Friday night we played in front of like, 13,000 and I ended up crazy story I ended up getting the game winning hit as a freshman in my second career at bat which is a great moment but like playing in front of that many people like it's you think like it's not even possible then you see the numbers after and it's just I mean it's unreal like fan bases can even pack stadiums like that at the collegiate level in baseball but um 
it was definitely probably there, or I guess Ole Miss was pretty rowdy. Um, Nebraska games were great when they were packed. Um, I think the fan base here is great as well. So there were definitely a lot of stadiums like that. There were cool stadiums you play in that don't get a lot of people. Um, but I think Mississippi State, my freshman year, environment-wise, was probably the craziest. For sure. Uh, towards the beginning year at, of the year, I think you had a, a little mullet going. I've got the mullet going right now. Are you going to bring it back? I don't know, man. I think if uh, if baseball doesn't work out, pursuing it still, um, I think I got to start to be a little more. I don't know. I, I Mature, I don't want to say is the word because I'm still not going to be mature as a person, but uh, <laughs> just more professional maybe. I uh, I love the mullet look, and I, I think for me it's more pulling off when I can wear hats all the time because I got – I got a bad looking head without a hat. So I don't know, maybe one day, ideally I'll pull it off again or at least try and pull it out, but we'll see. I think you should. It's kind of a tough look when you don't have a hat on, but I mean, you can't beat that look with a hat. Oh, it's money. It's money. I, ha I had to do it. My hair, like it's one of those where you wake up and you're like, Jesus, like I look terrible. And then you put on a hat and you're like, oh, I don't kind of play. Like we can make it work. And you start convincing yourself that it looks good when it doesn't. And then it's just, uh, it's just a ever, never ending cycle with, with my hair for sure. <laughs> who had the best stash on the team you got we got one rocking Did anybody else compare to yours yeah mine's probably bottom of the barrel this is like seven months of growth with a lot of dye in it I'm not gonna lie like I went bought like the cheapest not even the just for men I bought like the Walmart brand which like stained my skin and burned for like three days but like I had to get something rocking uh Trey Fromm I think on the team uh he's he's probably got one of the best stashes he can pull it out and like he'll shave it in the morning and he'll come to dinner and it's already like halfway grown. It's like, dude, what the hell? Like, what is your, what's going on inside of your body that I don't have? Um, but he's probably up there for sure. I'm trying to think of anybody else off the top of my head. His is probably the best. There's guys on the team that are probably going to give me shit for not knowing that their stash is better than his, but off the top of my head, his is definitely number one. Yeah. One of my buddies, uh, he used the shout out Corey. He used the, the Walmart stuff and his skin went, it was just reddish <laughs> shit everywhere. Well, that's the worst part is you put it in and then you start scrubbing to get it off and you're like oh my god like I'm scrubbing my lip off just to get a little bit of blackness in my in my really crappy goatee and mustache but if it gets a little color that's all that matters yeah um who is probably like the funniest guy on the team or like just the most fun guy to hang out on the team with and why uh I'm gonna have to go probably Max Anderson um he's just one of those dudes that like I mean, it's interesting. Like you look at him and you start laughing. Like he's just, he just looks funny. Uh, but he's just more like any, any scenario. Like he's, he's also one of those guys that made it a lot easier to play on the field. This is going into the, the being funny. Cause it's like, he just doesn't, he's so good at baseball, but he doesn't take it super serious. Like he'll strike out and come in and be super pissed. And like two minutes later, he's laughing and smiling. Like he, he knows it's just a game and off the field, he's the same way. Um, for multiple reasons, we'll keep a few out, but, uh, He's just he's one of those dudes that just like he's like whatever whatever scenario whatever environment in you know it's going to be a good time if he's there. But that that's also I mean that's a, like I'd say pretty much our whole team actually is kind of the same way where whatever scenario environment and in you're in is you know it's going to be a good time with a lot of him or Emmett Olson. Emmett Olson's also pretty funny. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So moving forward, kind of I know you graduated now and you're done, but for Husker fans, what can what can the baseball team do in the future? to get to the CWS or get to compete with SEC team? Because everybody talks about in college baseball, oh, it's the SEC and then everybody else. So what – and you've played against those SEC teams. What is it about those teams that makes them so good? And then how can Nebraska reach that, reach that level going forward? 
Yeah, I think we're definitely headed in the right direction. Um, I think this year was a big stepping stone, especially they had the big 2021 year. I think it was that they won the Big Ten and um, took Arkansas to the last game of the regional and everything. And last year was obviously kind of a an off year, but I think we took a step in the right direction this year. I think the biggest thing is just bringing in the right guys that fit the program. And I think they've done a great job of that. And they, they continue or they will continue to. Um, and just developing those guys, whether they're freshmen, Juco transfers, portal guys, whatever it is, and just kind of learning the Husker culture of the program and just letting them go out and play. Um, I think the staff is, is where it needs to be um, in the sense of the right guys in place. I think Bolt is the perfect fit for kind of bringing this program to where, like, like you said, back to the college world series. And I think the biggest thing is about those sec teams is they're, they're just consistent. Um, I think if next year, if they have a year like ours, it'll obviously be a down year, but I think for them to have the year we did this year, next year for that to be a down year is a huge, a huge plus, if that makes sense to, to compete and be at the top of the big 10 and make a run in the tournament and have the talent we did and stuff. I think that's uh, they're definitely headed in the right direction for sure. Yeah. So this is a question I had like all throughout watching college baseball this year, we're seeing teams go away from catchers, like giving the sign and going to like the wristband. How does that actually work? Like how are the, how are the catchers getting it to the pitcher? And do you think like we'll start seeing fielders wearing that too? I was just always so confused seeing that. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you, actually, and I play the freaking sport. So they, so the, I think, I guess I know, the pitching coach has a little, like, it almost looks like a walkie-talkie. Um, and the catcher and the pitcher have a wristband, and it's like, it's literally just like a half-inch screen, and they'll punch a number in. Um, and granted, I don't know what the, the numbers mean or correlate, but they'll give them the pitch. So, like, let's say two is a curveball. They'll punch in two, and whether they do a location or not with that, I don't know for sure, but that just, it quickly relays it um, with all the pitch clock BS and all that being added to baseball. The uh, it supposedly makes it quicker. So it's like, okay, the pitcher can look down at his wrist. The catcher can do it at the same time. And it's like, boom, ready to go instead of um, the coach or the catcher, like looking at the coach and getting the sign. And then, okay, he has to relay to the pitcher and hopefully at night at 8 PM with lights, the pitcher can see it perfectly and stuff like that. So I think it just kind of tried they try to take out the, all the variables with it. It's like, okay, they can get the sign to the pitcher and the catcher at the same time um, and kind of go from there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would always wonder that too. That's interesting. Um, what has been your favorite moment um, in your college baseball career, if you have a single one? I think it's got to be winning the regional last year. There were a lot of great moments this year, but just that from a team perspective, winning the regional last year, um, at home in front of all the fans and stuff at Southern was a lot of fun. I think, especially because for me, it was, I played with a lot of those guys for four years. Um, like you kind of, I mean, I don't want to, I don't know if grow up is the right word because we're 18 to 22, 23 years old, but you kind of grow up with them. I mean, you come in with them as freshmen in the dorms to rooming with a bunch of them and showing up. I mean, you spend, when you play ball and I'm sure y'all have played sports too, where it's like you spend all the time throughout the day with them. Like you, you're at the field from whatever in the morning to whatever at night and then you go home. So kind of seeing all the work pay off and getting to enjoy that moment with all of them and all the fans and stuff was, was definitely a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. hundred um, percent. All right. What's next for you then? Are you, uh, you trying to play, go play pro? That's a hell of a question. That's, that's the goal is to kind of to pursue uh professional ball, but obviously I'm aware that that doesn't work out for everybody. So we'll see. Um, we're going to try and pursue that for the next month or two and kind of see where that takes me. And if not, I uh, try and find a nine to five that, kind of makes me happy I guess or like I don't know I mean I've I've only ever known sports so uh 
maybe find something within sports, whether it's coaching or working a job that kind of still works with sports teams or something like that. So we'll see. That's the, that's the weird part is you kind of push it off for the last five years without thinking about it. And now it's a reality. So it does, it does way too fast for sure. I'm going to try and get a lot better at golf. That's kind of the main goal right now. Yep. That's what we did. We're golfers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're yeah, golfers. We'll need to get a tee time or something and go out and play. Cause hundred yeah. percent. Are you, are you in Lincoln right now? Yeah, I actually, uh, y'all know where Highlands is, Highlands Golf Course? Yeah. So I live right off uh, Hole 1 on there. I live in the apartment, so. Oh, Josh, that's right. I used to live in those. Really? In High Park? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, what'd you think of them? I liked them a lot. Uh, uh, hopefully Highlands doesn't listen to this, but we would always just walk onto the course and start playing. We'd oh, yeah, like last night, last three. night we did. We'd go on the low par three. I'd go on the par three like three or four times a week and just shoot. Um shoot some balls on there so that's definitely I mean that makes it a lot easier but if you boys ever want to golf just let me know and I'll be here so we can get after it I'm not any good I'm not any good so it's more so the, it's more it's the social aspect of it that I enjoy so we're getting better though. do you have the uh the baseball slice or you uh oh my god I got anything you can think of that's baseball related not related like it's gotten a lot better I mean like two years ago I couldn't even elevate a golf ball off the ground but I mean I'll shoot like 90s 95s on a good day maybe like an 88 with a few like mullies in there that i don't talk about but well no one it. does that's fine <laughs> yeah 100 percent. sweet well you guys got anything else no i think that's all we got for you charlie thank you so much for coming on man and uh good luck in whatever you decide to do if pro ball doesn't work out and hopefully the golf swing will continue to get better yeah no kidding well i appreciate y'all having me on it was a blast you bet. appreciate yeah, it brother yeah, appreciate it yeah no problem all right, thank you, Charlie. What a guy! Really good guy. One of my one of my favorite interviews, right there. I think. Yeah, just, just a homie. Just wanted to chop it up. Yeah, he's a cool guy. I'll have to get a, a round of golf with him here, in here soon. Yep. Um, maybe know it's just a two man today. Classic. Everyone else had things, I guess. Yep. Which is classic. Yeah. <laughs> It's unfortunate, but it, it is. is but you know, we're gonna piece it together like we always do. Um, we're gonna go right into the down bads this week. Peter, do you want to start? Yeah. So my down bad is Tom Sandoval. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know who that is, which is probably a decent part of our audience, um, there's mm-hmm. a show called Vanderpump Rules. He was dating this girl for ten years, and he cheated on her with one of her best friends. So bad guy move. Can't, Can't do that. Do that. Can't be doing that. So this is all on a TV show. So they had a reunion, and her Ariana was his ex girlfriend's name, and somebody had asked like, "Oh, Tom, have you slept with anybody since you started sleeping with Raquel, who he cheated with?" Mm-hmm. And he had said no. Ariana then said, "You know who he did sleep with? Me." And Tom responded with, "Yeah." And she kept her shirt on. It was really hot. <laughs> Which is just one of the most offensive things I've ever heard someone say. Not like when they're in the wrong. Correct. Just, you just crazy take. You just can't say that. Mm-mm. It was it was insane. Like it was bad because his friend, his best friend, is Tom Schwartz, who's defended him through this whole thing, and even he knew it was bad. Yeah. And like when he said it, it all just went silent, and then everybody just starts roasting him. It's like. It was just one of the most insane things that, like, I really hope... I don't think it was scripted because 
he's just an insane person. Yeah. But if I, it was scripted, all-time script writing from yeah whoever wrote that. It's just insane. I have recently gotten into the show, so I'm at a point where I like Tom Sandoval, so it's tough to see this stuff come out because um, obviously that was terrible what he did. Um, but I'm excited to watch it all unfold. Yeah, it's, it was. Uh, if you haven't watched it and you want to score some brownie points with your lady, yeah. say, you know, I've heard about this show. It's called Vanderpump Rules. I'm sure she's heard of it. And even if she has heard of it, she's probably watched it. If you show interest in it, you will, you'll get your money's worth. Because mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. <laughs> it, there's a lot of stuff that happens. And like they've been doing it for a while like they were pretty they were relatively young like mm-hmm. 20 mid 20s yeah so when i first started watching it they were using like really old iphones and i was like how old is this show yeah it's, so I, it doesn't look that old no but because i think tom and ariana were together for 10 years and all of it was during the show i think i think so so it's a lot of time yeah so like obviously you just can't cheat on your significant other Mm -hmm. you also it's even worse when you cheat with one of her best friends and then it's worse when you make that comment because there's no upside in that comment i don't i truly couldn't even imagine like putting myself in that situation and thinking that and then saying it right you know you're gonna get just destroyed yeah it's it was a no win comment like nobody was gonna be like you're right tom that was such a bad thing that she did no no one's gonna say that not at all no one feels bad for you no she kept her shirt on it's unreal and it's it's a good show very good show it's wild it's i think it's one of the best reality tv shows i've ever watched Mm -hmm. because it's just everything's happening you know you never know who's gonna be sleeping with who next Give it a watch. Let's try it out. Yeah, just and if you want to get in, if you want to get emotionally invested in it, watch the reunion because you'll want to watch the rest of it. Right. Because by now, if you haven't watched it, it's been all over Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You've seen it, whether you've you seen, know it or not. Yeah, you've seen the fin- like the reunion. Mm-hmm. So just give it a watch. If you watch the all three episodes of the reunion, and you're like, this isn't for me. That's fine. It's fine. But give it a watch. Yeah. Take it on a test drive and then dive in. Yeah. Great down bad. Yeah. Good one. Uh, mine is Texas baseball. Did you see that? Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I was I was rooting for Texas. Yeah. I think I was too. They were in the Super Regional Game 3. Was it the bottom of the ninth or bottom of the tenth? Bottom of the ninth. One of the two. Um, Stanford had run, two outs, runners on first and second. They hit a pop, just a routine pop fly just past the infield. In the outf- No one saw the ball. It got lost in the lights. Ball yeah. drops. Stanford scores, wins, goes to the College World Series. And you can just see the pain on the Texas flair- players' faces and just a terrible situation. I feel really bad for them. Yeah, and I think all three of those – games ended in oh no that was a different series that all ended in walk-offs but i think Mm -hmm. there was another walk-off in that series too yeah i think so and i don't know college baseball is just fun so fun 
I wish that like it was on TV more during the spring because unless you have like the SEC network or you turn tune into like Big Ten network when Nebraska is playing, you're just not seeing it all year. And then super regional, super regionals, and College World Series comes on. And it's just crazy. It's like, like, where's this been? It's it's been there. You just can't find. You it. You just can't find it. And I I really wanted Texas to win. I think some of it is just back to the childhood days of Texas like, baseball was awesome to watch yeah. back then. And I don't know. I just wanted to see Texas because I think more Texas fans would have come than Stanford fans will. Yeah. So I don't know it. It was very unfortunate because that was a really good series, and it sucks that tough way to lose. Yeah, but good for Stanford. It's yeah, good. Well, that's a good transition. Let's talk about a little bit about the College World Series. You pulled up all the teams. Yep, it starts on Friday, I believe. Yeah, um, I'm trying to find. So today. I don't have the schedule. I just have the bracket. So Wake Forest and Stanford, LSU, Tennessee, Oral Roberts, TCU, Virginia, and Florida. Go Oral, baby. Yeah. that's It's just fun when there's always, like, one team that shouldn't be there, but they – I mean, they should. They I think they won, like, 22 games in a row this year. Yeah. But a, just a unique good. team that makes it is always fun. Do you, you know, know where, the crowd's going to be behind them. Do you know where Oral Rob, the University of Oral Roberts is? It's going to shock you, I feel like. I, I looked it up when they made their basketball run. Yeah. But I can't remember now. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, I thought I was gonna say Kansas. I thought it was somewhere a little south. I thought it was gonna us. be like the northeast. It just has one of those like yeah. northeastern kind of sa- like names. Mm-hmm. But then I cut Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa. I don't know. I think Oral Roberts. They have enough. Like they're just scrappy. Mm-hmm. Like they know. Like they're not a huge. They're not a big name. And. It was very funny watching them play Oregon. Yeah. Two Nike schools, two very different uniforms. Yeah. And it wasn't even close to the same. No. And obviously, Oregon, it's tough to compare with any sort of like apparel, but it looked, it might as well have been like a high school, like varsity high school baseball team compared yeah. to like a college team with how different they were. But, yep. The, there's always one scrappy team that makes it in. Like Coastal Carolina when they were super scrappy. Yeah. So you never know in baseball. Yeah. I mean, like, the chalky pick is Wake Forest. Yeah. I Tennessee kind of jumps off to me. Like, LSU. LSU is solid. TCU I watched in the regionals and then in the supers. I didn't realize how many games you play in baseball. Like, did Nebraska play 60 games? Yeah, I think we were like, how many? I don't remember how many wins we had. It was a good amount, though. For some reason, also, I'm sure like we had, I guess we didn't really have any like weather delay, like games canceled because of weather. Mm -hmm. I just, I was shocked when I saw they played 60 games. Yeah, play a lot of games. And that's a pretty short amount of time. Yeah, you're, because what, you probably start in March? March, maybe end of February. Yeah. If you can go somewhere warm. Yeah, because, like, most of those schools could play. Yeah. I mean, you're playing three, at least four games a week. Playing three on the weekend, probably a midweek game. 
maybe two midweek games. Yeah, so like Some four weeks. to five games a week. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a grind. Yeah. Got to have pitching. Yeah. But, yeah. Excited for the College World Series. Starts today. So yep. that'll be fun. Probably go down to a game or two. Always try to. Just an electric atmosphere. Yeah. I think the the bar that does like the different like they like tallied the shots mm-hmm. i saw it, they had tweeted out like over unders for each school and oral roberts was 0.5 obviously i think that's very exaggerated but i feel like a lot of unbiased fans are just gonna buy like shots for oral roberts oh yeah and their name is oral roberts so right. people are gonna be on them like they just like they were in when they made their basketball run especially if you're up. hammered yeah you like Oral Roberts. Yep. Going Sounds with that. about right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always fascinating to me is the shot tracker. Yeah. Well, we'll keep up with it. It'll be good. Um, U.S. Open is this weekend. Yeah. Got any picks? Any hot tips? No hot tips. The course looks hard. Yeah. There's that's... one hole where if you hit on the right side of the fairway, it goes into the left rough. That's how, like, slanted it is. That's insane. What sucks about, like, the U.S. Open, they try and make it, like, the hard major. Mm-hmm. And, like, I get you want to make the tournament as tough as possible, but also you want it to be somewhat, you want the average golfer to say, I could go play there and not shoot 120. Yeah. Like, I think they go a little too far with it because, like, Golf is like the only sport where most of the time, obviously there are some cases where like an average golfer can't go play that same course. But Mm -hmm. in theory, golf is like the closest you can get to like playing a professional sport. Yeah. And it's like when it's so different, it's like, all right, we're trying to do a little bit too much here. Like maybe make it so you can see your ball if you hit it in the rough two yards into the rough. Yeah. But it'll be interesting. I don't I feel like a lot of people are going to take Brooks. Brooks will be up there. Rom. I think Rom is in a bad headspace. You think so? He had like a press conference about all the live stuff. And he was like, there's going to be a lot of conversations and a lot of decisions that I have to make. So it was like. He, he felt just, betrayed, I think. Yeah. By the, the owners and everything. <clears throat> so I I have no clue. I don't either. It's a toss up. I think I saw an interview with Foreplay today. Uh Bryson hit four hundred and fifty drives the other day. That's just on the range. Yeah. It's like, that's a lot. What are we trying to prove? He said he was close to figuring something out, which I I've been there. Yeah. I've I been mean, there when you're really close and you're like, Oh, let me hit a couple more. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I haven't, like, gone back to the clubhouse and get, like, a small bucket because I feel like I'm just two <laughs> swings away. Yeah. But I – 400 seems – That's a lot. How long would it take to hit 400 drives? I mean, if you go get, like, a large bucket of balls at, like, a range, it's probably 75 to 100 balls in there. If that, yeah. And that would take you an hour maybe. If you're not just like hit, like put a ball down, hit. Right. If you're actually trying to figure something out, it's going to take about an hour. So it would probably take five hours maybe? Yeah, maybe that more? seems just 
so of obsessed. strictly driver like Oof. yeah i he, he's either that's either going to be he's going to hit every fairway or he's going to he hit too many is going to be in his head and he's going to miss wildly yeah that's the other thing is if you think you're that close and then one thing goes wrong everything is just shot yep because you're like i'm this close i need to fix this one thing and then something else starts going wrong you just can't hit 400 drivers because that means you spent even on like the very quickest three hours just hitting drivers you got to think you hit your other clubs for two hours yeah and then putted chipped all that stuff like did he just spend like the whole 24 hours there just like he must have He's a, just an insane person. I might I might pick him this week just in case it works. I mean, the thing is, he's going to be the most prepared guy in the field. If yeah. He's hitting 400 drivers. The problem is, what happens if it goes the other way? Yeah. I'm trying to look at the odds here to see. So, Scotty's the favorite. Rom, Kepka, Rory, Cantlay. Hovland. Sunscreen. I like Max Homa. Give me Max Homa. Homa. He had, I think he has the course record at LACC mm-hmm. from college. I think he shot 61 from LA. I would love to see Homa win. Yeah. That'd be, it'd just be fun. Max Homa, you're going to get him at about 20 plus 2,200. Okay. All the way up to like 2,800. It's a good payday. I'm trying to see if anybody else really jumps in. Bryson at plus 5,000. I'd throw five on Bryson just for fun in case his craziness works. Ricky Fowler plus 8,000. I'm just trying to see if anybody just jumps out. Um, Sahith? No. Sahith? What about Finau? Finau is plus 25, either between 25 and 35. Oh, that's what it opened at, plus 3,500. Okay. So, I mean, you're getting pretty good odds. Yeah, not bad. It'll be exciting to exciting to watch. Just love major weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a lazy weekend. Yeah, 100%. College World Series, and then golf. Golf. And, uh, Monday off. Monday off. It's going to be – that means Sunday – becomes even lazier yeah so that'll be good it'll be a good weekend yep um what's next want to talk a little bit about pga live yeah i mean one of the all-time blindside moves yeah by any company ever i feel like yeah i mean anytime there's a merger it's always a little weird but these are like it'd be like apple and microsoft yeah like two polar opposite and there would have to be bad blood yeah it's like between them yeah i I don't even know what you could like there's not much to compare it to it's like if the yankees and red Sox merge merge to be one team it like i truly just like don't understand i get it because i think the pga was gonna lose a lot of litigation Mm -hmm. so they're like well we are going to lose these cases. The other part is they were they have like a hundred million dollars in their reserves. 
and 50 of that had i think like 50 had gone to like legal battles and the Mm. other had gone to like their purse like the purses for the rest of the year right the pif has 640 billion dollars jeez in their reserves that i mean that's like the whole saudi like government so i mean you're just never gonna lose that you're never gonna win that that battle because they have just so much more money but Jay Monahan, all time bad guy. Yeah. Invoking 9 11 families, saying that if you play on the PGA Tour, you're never going to have to apologize. And then he just hops in bed with the Saudis. And I, I truly thought it was like a, like the fake PGA Tour accounts. Yeah. Like I did not believe it for hours. I was like, this yeah. isn't true. I, even when like ESPN, like I got the ESPN notification. I was like, I don't think this is right. No, I thought that when I saw like PGA tour and live golf agree, I was like, Oh, they're going to do like a Ryder cup. Yeah. Something like that. Some tournament together. I feel bad for like the wills, Alatoris, um, who are some of the other like Hideki guys who got huge offers from live turned it down. Now like, Brooks, Phil, Bryce, and all these guys are just going to be back next All-time year. All-time finesse moves by the live guys. Just got bagged out and yeah. then got to get their card back. It's crazy. I, th- I think I saw like that they might have to pay like a, font, like a fee to get back, but it's like even if it's like $200,000, like – Who cares? That's – they. a lot of them got over – 50 to 100 million dollars yeah <laughs> it's like that's nothing no not at all and then i think they might try and like reward some of the guys that stayed loyal to the pga don't really know how that's gonna go since it's not the pga tours money mm-hmm. it's the pif's money it was wild it was wild i still don't really I, understand it. i don't either I don't, and i don't know what's gonna happen going forward but it'll be inter- entertaining to watch yeah, so. it's just makes no sense, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We got anything else? I don't think so. I don't have numbers. Don't have numbers. All right, we're, we'll do three or four next week. Then yeah, we'll just <laughs> double up from next for next week. Yeah, it'll be good. Thank you again to Charlie. Yep, great kid. Hoping that he uh, makes it big here soon. Hundred percent. All right, this is the Boys Down Bad Podcast. I'm Dylan. Peters. Have yourself a top 10 weekend. A Heard at Sports Network production. Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.